ever wondered what hypnosis might be and what it can do for you? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Hypnosis Everywhere with your host, Inez Simpson. This is the show that talks to everyone from the experienced practitioner to the cautiously curious and yes, even the skeptics. Now, here's Inez Simpson. Back to Hypnosis Everywhere and we're going to have a really good show today because I'm sitting here at the dining room table with Lance Baker in Newcastle, Australia. And we're here to discuss all things that are connected to the mind. So not only is Lance Baker a great, fantastic hypnotist, because I really like all the stuff he does, but he also does energy healing and he does mesmerism. So two intriguing prospects for me to explore because they're still attached to the mind. And so we're just going to move over and I'm going to ask Lance which one he wants to talk about first. Probably the energy, is that what you would have done? Both very much the same. They're very much the same connected. Okay, well, I'm just going to give it to him and he can just take it on and tell me what it's all about. Well, hypnosis actually started with that. Uh, So hypnosis was what Braid named after he'd adapted and changed mesmerism. Uh, (laughs) And mesmerism was actually called animal magnetism before uh, when Mesmer was working with it and it was labelled as mesmerism later. Uh, it's actually quite interesting with mesmerism it, it had a, a split so it wasn't just used for hypnosis no uh, mesmerism was mainly using it for for a healing sense oh, okay. which is where that energy healing part yes. comes in uh, and most of what he was doing was, was energy healing uh, and he noticed yeah conscious changes within people but most of it was, was healing yeah physical ailments and things like that mm-hmm. uh Towards the end of, of his life, and post humorously, it changed into other things. Yeah. So a guy called uh, Voice Guy, he changed it by adding voice, and that's where the term somnambulism actually comes from. Yeah. Was he he called them somnambulism of people that responded and talked while they were in this trance, and he could talk to this other aspect of that personality. And the main thing was how it first started was he was asking what was wrong with them and it would give the thing of, of what was wrong and how to fix it, whether they had to do some homeopathic thing yeah. or had some surgery or had energy healing or whatever was available and, and this aspect of their consciousness so would speak. Brings to mind the same sort of thing, different, but, you know, the same thing but different with uh, Edgar Casey. Yeah. You know, when he gave that voice to what needed to be done. Yeah. So, yeah. But each client was doing it for themselves. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and so, so it went in one school with him doing that sort of stuff and adding voice. Uh, Mesmer didn't really like that. He thought he was he was best and he's where I was best. I think he just, uh, he didn't like that he didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I could be wrong. He, uh, he might have thought it fastened his work. Who knows? Uh, but the other way it changed is the spiritualist movement. Yeah. Uh, so that whole movement come from a mesmerism base. So they'd use mesmeric trances to help people channel other yeah. things and, and do things like that. So there was, there's a lot of old writings on mesmerism where they're focused on the psychic phenomena. Uh, ah. So there was a series of, of magazines called the Zoist or Zoist. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, uh, where they talked about all these different 
things that have happened. So they get put people in a trance and they could describe the opposite room. I've, I've had that done once where people got some pretty good results of what was in the other room next door yeah. from a mesmeric trance. Uh, some people can channel and take on other, other spirits and things like yeah. that. Uh, I haven't messed with that sort of thing. Uh, and <laughs> Why not? Other ones would do the tasting, like they'd uh, they'd sit one person down in one room and they'd go on the other end yeah. of the building and put pepper on somebody's tongue, and the one on the other room go pepper the taste uh, and do different things, and they'd be able to do thought transference between uh, two subjects. Mm. And I think many of us actually do that in real life, but we don't necessarily have any proof of it, and we don't necessarily have knowledge consciously of it. Lots of times. Yes. Yeah. There's a, a lot of people that are got an empathic ability empathic where they, they pick yeah. things up. A lot of people with that, they're, they're picking up elements of that thought yes. or within their own body yes. uh, and taking that on. Especially people who are somewhat connected in um, love relationships or twins, all those sort of people, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's what I think is very yeah. common. Yeah. I see a lot of people that have issues with that. Uh, and within my energy healing classes, I teach them ways to to control that a little bit, to put a limit on it so that they can let it go and be in control of their own energy. Okay. So putting a limit on, on what, though? On how much they experience for other people. Because some people, oh, yes, they, they, they just get this pain. Yeah, they just get, pick up other people's pains. Yeah. Yes. When I first started doing energy healing, I'd go for a walk down the shops and all of a sudden a leg would go wonky and I'd have a lot of pain in it. I'd look around and it'd be a guy unconscious. Yeah. Uh, things like that happen all the time. But it took me a while to work out how to switch that filter so that didn't yeah. continue to happen. I and can now see I that would that be a good thing to have that filter. Mm. I don't think it. I know empaths that don't take on way too much, and um, I do some hypnosis with them to get. Uh, maybe what you're saying is putting a limit on the same thing is to be about in balance more with it so that they don't accept all that stuff. Yes, yeah, it's a choice of control. Some people I know are fantastic healers with utilizing this. Yeah. Uh, I personally don't like to feel it, so I, I just cut it out. Uh, but I do know some people that take that on and utilize that for change. Uh, and I do have uh, a friend who, who's got a class that he teaches a different thing, which I'm trying to bring him to Newcastle and we're coming next month. Uh, but he's got a thing where you can utilize it. He's got extra things to shield yourself from it and extra things to uh, amplify to use that to, to help heal the other person. Mm -hmm. hmm. Now, when we started this conversation, I wasn't really thinking of the two things connected that much, the mesmerism and, the, and it's, that's interesting. But you also do Reiki and how does that play into it? Uh, so Reiki is just a different kind of energy healing. It's probably one of the the newest ones are the most common sort of ones that are out there. Uh, it, for some people, it's it's more hands-on. They, yeah. they actually just hold yeah. these certain hand positions yeah. through the body. I've, I've never used that method. That was started from somebody later on, Hawaii Takata, a lady mm -hmm. in Hawaii, uh, added that in to make a paint-by-numbers thing. Before that, there was a lot more parallels with mesmerism. Okay. Uh, and okay, Sui, the guy who started Reiki, he actually had travelled to Europe in the early 1900s looking for things on psychic awareness, mm -hmm. uh, psychology and healing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't think he could have toured Europe at that time and not heard of mesmerism. So I think he, he did. 
take some elements of mesmerism yeah. and then add that with this Japanese culture to be able to to give that that gift. I um, think that's what we do. The more we learn, the more we sort of blend things. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's how things change. And um, for me, I took some a first level of the Reiki, but I, I didn't seem to have much sense of it. Yep. In my usual brick form, <laughs> and um, but when I connected with reconnective healing, I could feel that. Okay. Yeah. So I think it maybe too on on your frequencies, maybe yeah. other things that I don't know about. Yeah, it's different frequencies. Uh, some people I've met that teach Reiki and do Reiki are terrible at it, and I don't feel much from them. Uh, so I met a guy who'd been with for thirty years. I was expecting a lot from him, and it was terrible. Uh, and I couldn't feel anything. So, where other people I've met have been doing it a week and mm-hmm. blow me away. <clears throat> so it's it's a it's a very different thing, and I think a lot of it has to do with your faith and trust in what that energy can do, and, and what you're allowing mm-hmm. to do. And it's been called lots of different names and lots of different cultures, but I do think there's different frequencies of that. And mesmerism does more work. It's a universal fluid, but it's more working on the balance of that fluid within your okay. body and moving the the negative and positive polarities around. Where Reiki's more just pulling in universal energy from around us to yes. top up the okay. actual person. Okay. That's that's a good explanation. <laughs> We're going places here. So getting back to mesmerism now, I mean you're utilizing any of these modalities when you work with clients. And the mesmerism part um, is totally mystifying on some levels to me um, because I haven't really learned it yet, yet, because it's very intriguing. So it's, but it seems to have quite a bit of power that you can use for the client's benefit. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I utilize it all the time within hypnosis because it's, yeah. it's always active so there's there's different sides to it so mesmerism is, is about passes of the hand and, mm-hmm. and changing the energetic field so I only use that sometimes with hypnosis but it's linked with fascination so the gaze and projecting mm-hmm. energy and intention mm-hmm. through that and that aspect of mesmerism I do all the time so while I'm with somebody in a session the whole time part of my mind is focused on holding that feeling and intention and belief that my client will have that change Mm -hmm. and I'm projecting that out. And I think all hypnotists do that anyway. Yes, they do to a degree for sure. Yes. Uh, And if they work with it, then it's much more powerful in how much it happens. Yeah, because their intent is on it and they're they're more in tune with it because it's not just happening spontaneously. Not that the spontaneous thing, it can happen. That's not right. but their intentions more yeah. there, right? Hmm. Yeah, because even you know we joke about it lots of times you know as hypnotists and say, "Look right here." Yes. You know? And that's me pointing my eyes. If for those of you who can't see, <laughs> <laughs> and that's sort of become a, you know just joke, but it's very true. If you look people in the eyes today, most people don't like it. Yes. Well, uh, I. There's, there's exercises you do to, to develop yeah. uh, these, these powers. I'll give the hypnotists at home one that they can practice if they like. Okay. So the, the starting thing is to, to gaze into the mirror, and into your own eyes, 
and try and not look away and try and not blink for as long as you can. Uh, lasting up to about 10 minutes, don't push it past that limit. Uh, and eventually you'll get to 10 minutes without blinking, without a problem. Uh, so I was doing that quite often and to start with. It was, it, was, it was blinking within the minute every time. <laughs> and then after a while I built up, that could, I could last 10 minutes easy. Uh, and then I could do it while I was in the wind and last 10 minutes easy. I noticed from there, before then, I never used to look people in the eye. I, no. I had this weird thing of, well, do I look yeah. in the left eye? Do I look in the right eye? Do I look at <laughs> their nose? I don't know. It's all too hard. I'm going to look over there and I'm not going to look at them or I'll look at their tummy or whatever. And and I just didn't look people in the eye because I just didn't know but how to do it. But some cultures don't like it for sure in yeah. cultural sort of ways. But mm. And some people will actually think if you are doing that gazing in their eye that you are taking their power or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. I... After doing this, it got me used to it. So it worked on a few levels. It helped me to project that energy and to build that up, to build my presence up for just being in the moment. Mm-hmm. But it made it natural and normal to look people in the eyes. Yeah. So after that, it wasn't a choice. I was just looking people in the eyes and I wasn't trying to project anything. It's just like when I have a normal conversation, I'm present in the moment. I'm looking them in the eyes and, it's, and uh, it does put some people off. I had to learn people would get freaked out that I wasn't blinking or they were staring in the eyes too much. So I had to sometimes cut it out yeah, and yeah, pull myself out of the moment. And so part of my being present is knowing I've got to look away over here and I've got to blink and I've got to look back where I would have just been more comfortable continuing yes. to look you yeah. in the eye, but I want to make you more comfortable. So that was yeah. the problem I had to overcome after starting yeah. this practice. But some people don't mind it. No. And because I don't know why that is, maybe you meet on a rapport level more or whatever. Well, that's the big thing I've noticed. Beforehand, I never had true connections with people. Now, I really notice I make real friends a lot easier and mm-hmm. I feel connected with people. And it's because I am in that moment and people feel it back. Yes. So I have a lot more people tell me that they feel like they're being listened to so and they can feel like they're being listened to. Yeah. Yes. Whereas before you used to hide. Yeah, right? before I was, I was and I think many of us. Many, many, many Yeah, and you get lost in that thought of, well, what do I say next and whatever, instead of actually listening. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's helped me very much to, to build that presence of being in the moment, listening, feeling, and communicating more. And I feel my communication is a little bit better because my intention is behind it. Mm-hmm. Before, when, when I communicated to somebody who's English was their second language, I had a great difficulty. Now I find it's a lot easier. I still have terrible trouble understanding them <laughs> if they don't have a good grasp of English. But I find they get my side of it a little bit quicker and easier now because there's that unspoken push of, of what I'm saying behind. Uh, the big thing I want to give anybody a warning about if they do start this, this practice is you, you have to be ethical from, from here on out because people do pick up on what's going on on the inside because you, you start to just automatically project and, uh, and you've got to hold back uh, what's there if you don't want that to be. And, uh, because you're opening yourself as well as yeah. the other person. So people find out quite quickly if, if, I, if I like them or don't, if, I, uh, if, I've, if I'm there or not. They can really feel that disconnection. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, So I found it to be very helpful for that, that uh, I do get those real relationships and real authentic moments. But I know if I didn't have 
have that there and I if I was trying to, to scam you or rip you off of something, you'd pretty quick get a feeling yes. something about this so guy just don't like. Uh, and that would be amplified. So, yeah, if you're going to practice that, get your ethics in check first. Yeah. And then and check it out. And then you'll find some great Intent benefits. in the right place. Mm. Yes. Yes. Okay, so we're going to come up to a break now and we'll see you on the other side. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. Quantum scalar wave lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best, heal itself. Scalar wave lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. Hi, this is Inez Simpson. Thanks for listening to the show Hypnosis Everywhere. If this is the first time listening, well, we have a whole treasure trove of shows archived here and on Voice America page and in Hypnosis Everywhere website, all free for you to listen to anytime. The first year's broadcast showed the amazing diversity of the talent and the skills of those people who make up our fascinating hypnosis community. This season, Hypnosis Everywhere, the next level, will delve deep into where modern hypnosis is now taking us, the new discoveries and adventures as we explore this infinite mind of ours. And we explore Simpson Protocol Hypnosis that is taking us higher and deeper than ever before. We'll talk about the astounding insights that show us how our mind can shape and change our lives for the better. So come join us on Hypnosis Everywhere, amazing people who are on amazing adventures in this world of hypnosis. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol. To reach the show today, send an email to Inez, that's I-N-E-S, at InezSimpson.com. Now, back to this week's program. Okay, welcome back to Hypnosis Everywhere, and we're here with Lance Baker. And I was just thinking that, uh, you know, I do have another podcast that's been built uh, with Rick Collingwood, It was also in Australia. It seems to be the mesmerism capital of the world at the time. At least that's all I know. So, um, you know Rick too, right? Because you've all worked together in the past. Yeah. Yeah, Rick was uh, actually one of my introductions to, to hypnosis. Uh, I've trained with him quite in depth. Uh, I taught at his school for a while. He's, mm-hmm. he's got some fantastic knowledge. I'm really looking yes. forward to actually hearing that that podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. He did one on Jason's show as well. Uh, okay. But there's... There's only a few of us that I know of in, in the world that, that teach mesmerism. Uh, so yeah, having two in one country is, uh, is, and, is fairly big. So is there some but other people that do that? Yeah, there's uh, Marco Perret in France. Okay. And uh, Lee Gerard Barlow in UK. And he oh. works out of 
Okay, I didn't, uh, I didn't know school what well either. Yeah. So, four people that are known to teach mesmers. It could be more. <laughs> there could be more, <laughs> but, but, but that's only what the one you That's kind of interesting. So, uh, I think mesmerism is wholly interesting because at one time, you know, I, I did talk with Rick Collingwood a little bit about this, is one time uh, we were talking about um, James Esdale. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and initially when we talked about the Esdale state, many of us, uh, you know, I've talked about it before, is a state where you could stop bleeding, you could do, uh, have pain control, you, all those things without drugs. And that was created by him in about 10 or 12 days with Mesmeris in that state. Yes, depending on who he worked with. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people, it would be a lot quicker would it? than it would be. So it depended on, on the nationalities of what, of how open to energy they were. Yeah, I was just going to say that, Paul, because cause what he was working with was in Calcutta in the prison system, right? Yeah, uh, much better results there than when he went back to Europe. Yes. Uh, he found he had to work a lot longer. Because, for one thing, they were highly motivated. Yes. <laughs> and the second thing, their belief systems were more open. Yeah. Uh, but he would have his assistants to, to do the passes and, yes. and get them ready first over the, the few days beforehand mm-hmm. so that when he went to operate, yeah. his work could be very quick yeah. when, when he did it. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the misconceptions about mesmerism is people believe that you can just look at somebody, pass your hands over them, and they're in that deep Esdale trance yeah. like that. Yeah. You've got to work with people a lot. So yeah. all the demonstrations I've seen on, on YouTube, they're with people that they've had some work with before. They're, yes. they're people that they've ever had in their yes. clinic or in their schools that they have done mesmeric work yeah, with. Yeah, it's just the same thing for us as we're using the hypnosis to get to Esdale. Cool. You know, it's uh, in the moment there is no suggestion, but there is pre-suggestion and there's teaching about it. And if you teach, if I teach a client to do birthing with there, I have to train them. It's not something that happens in, well, it can happen in the moment and learn it, but for them to be able to utilize it themselves, they definitely have to learn how to do it. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. But elements of it can work very quickly, but it's more, it's layered. So you can, you can feel the energy and you can shift some energy or balance some energy, but you're not getting that trance with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as I said, you can project some intention. I can't look at you and think of a color and have you guess it straight away because that's, that's a little bit more, more difficult. But if I, if I send a positive vibe to you, you're going to feel relaxed and yeah. positive. Yeah. If I've got an intention for you to, to stop smoking, not that it smokes, uh, but if you're a client <laughs> that I had that and I'm talking to you for an hour, yeah. I'm projecting that, that's going to sink in. Of, of that energy of that, not the fact that a little bit through it, I might break out of that presence and think, oh crap, I've got to make sure I get some milk on the way home today. <laughs> and then back in the session, they're not going to go, mm, I need milk. I need milk. Why do I need milk? I don't drink milk. I'm lactose intolerant. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, there's always misconceptions in how to get, but I, in hypnosis and in any kind of healing at all, that self-healing, uh, any kind of healing, there's intent involved. In it, and it's really the cleaner the intent. Yes. Yeah, and the more focused you become with the intent, which is what you say about the thinking about what I have to get on 
for dinner. Yeah. Um, so, and hypnosis is the same. You want to stay present with the client. You want to be there and you want to be present. But what people today call, which I don't quite totally understand, is what they call holding the space. Yeah, well, there's a couple of different meanings to that. So I've heard it used a lot. And, and people, usually when they use that room, that phrase, they're saying, well, they've got an environment where they make it safe for the person to talk. I actually do hold space energetically. And every time I do group work, if it's a class or a meditation or something like that where there's multiple people gathered, I actually do hold the whole room in, in energy. So I'll, I'll put on a few meditations a month and people do notice they go a little bit deeper or they get a little bit more relaxed in those meditations than they would in others. And I've had quite a few people come up to me saying, I've meditated for 60 years and I haven't had that effect. What, what was the difference? Because I was, I was holding that group with that intention and the energy for them to, to relax and shift that. Mm, very good. So uh, that's... That's mesmerism. And what else do, is there other uses for mesmerism than that? Well, the, the whole bit of it can be used cross with everything. So everything I do has, has an element of that, but a huge bit of that is based on that presence. So I think presence is the best, best thing that people can adapt for any part of their life. Yes. So if you want to be a great sports person, they talk about getting in the flow. If you want to be great at business, if you want to be great at hypnosis, if you want to be great at just being a good human, meditation helps for all those things. And presence, you build that up by getting used to being in that meditative state of having your mind quiet or just having a single focus. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the single point of awareness is what really makes mesmerism happen. And so in a sense, if you can master that, then you can really master life in every single yeah, way. It's true. That I think that really makes it, when you learn how to be present, it's still with the mind at the same time, or, or which comes first, the chicken or the egg. Yeah. Really sure. um, but it's just like the guy that builds laser and quantum lasers, he talks about still point. And that's just presence. It's being mm-hmm. in presence, it's being quiet, right? The mind quieting. And it doesn't mean that you go into... You know, we're, I've already explained this to them. I'm constantly saying that going into trance, going into hypnosis is as natural as breathing. Uh-huh. So it's used every day, even if you don't think you use it. So when you become to learn how to be present like that, and Mesmer's in that training he talks about, it allows you to have that skill. Yeah. And the, the interesting thing about it, when I give an energy healing, where people are just laying down, they can have a lot of monkey mind shut up. And they can make a point that that doesn't turn off. But while I've got that no mind state, and I'm just being in the moment, feeling their energy and helping rebalance it, I quite often have people say, it was weird. I actually, my mind stopped for a little bit. It was was actually quiet. (laughs) And so that does transfer in an element that it helps train their mind. To, to have that stillness. Because you have quiet. the skill and the intention when it's intended at them, they actually can learn the skill for even fleeting moments. Yeah. You know. uh, but some of that, they're in trance and some of it, they're, they're not. So I, I generally, unless somebody's booked in for mesmerism, I'm not going to take them to that, that trance state with it. But I'm not, I'm not noticing signs of 
of a deep trance, but they're still saying afterwards, well, I felt that, that quietness. It's, it's quite interesting. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, many of us think that hypnosis, and I've been teaching that it's everything, but is that, you know, somebody's going to do something to you, which is, of course, wrong. Well, he creates the space for people to access it, mm. right, by doing the management, but you're not doing it for them. No. You are opening that up for them. Yeah, uh, with mesmerism, you're opening yes. up and you're balancing the energy that's there so that their thoughts can get back in line with their yes. their higher self, yes. their super yeah. consciousness, whatever you to, want to, to realign yeah. into what they actually came here for. Yeah, most people say, oh, I wish I knew how to do that because, and you've already yeah. told them again what, you know, not to go over 10 minutes because that's not good, but if you can do it, even if you only did it for two and a half minutes, three and a half minutes, you're allowing the presence to come. Yeah. Uh, generally, if anybody wants to start meditation, I get them to, to start with three minutes. Yeah. Don't aim for any higher because it's going to get frustrating. And then just add a minute each day till you get to that, or each week till you get to that 10-minute mark. Uh, if you want to go longer than 10 minutes, make sure you add some blinking in with that. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. So let's go on to um, anything else that we want to talk about, which could, I think, lead into the hypnotic phase of, of where, what you do. You do many styles of hypnosis. Yes. You do some protocol. You Certainly. do um, Bob Brown. Bob Brown. <laughs> where did that come from? Bob Burns, the swan? Yes. Yeah. And you do all kinds of other things that you learned over the years we all tend to combine our our learnings and do something from that i i mix and match a lot so yes i i do sp uh the swan is, is something i use quite a lot in my therapy and or just traditional uh rapid inductions and yeah. um, direct suggestions direct with the yeah, motor response yeah. sort of hypnosis but as you said hypnosis is everywhere uh some people's version of hypnosis is that there's trance involved. Yeah. What I picked up from working with this one is that no, there's not trance involved for hypnosis. Hypnosis is, is communication yes. with the subconscious or the unconscious, whatever word you want to use to describe yeah. that other part of people's minds. And after you build a rapport up, I, I notice that can happen. that can happen. Spontaneous. And, it, and it's there. Yeah. And if, if I've worked with somebody hypnotically a bit with idiomotor or, or the swan, I know if if I, if I just happen to go, you know this is what you need to do, right? Their, their finger, that's yes, will flicker because that part's still listening. And I haven't done any hypnosis, no setup, no nothing. Yeah. And so I know logically that the part's listening all the time. And mm -hmm. when I do this one, the, one of the first questions I ask is, have you been listening to what Inez and I were talking about before I brought you into that arm? Even if it was the first time I've been, ever invited the subconscious out to talk, Usually it says yes. Sometimes it'll say no, but usually it says yes. And if it says no, it's probably because it didn't give a damn about me till that moment. And then it's like, okay, who's this guy? Oh, I guess I better pay attention. I should pay attention now. He's this actually guy's talking, talking to me. Uh, but yes, if, if that subconscious knows you're you're giving it a attention, or you've got something that's best for their person, mm -hmm. it's going to help and work with it. So from that point, hypnosis everywhere, and some people are tricky with their. The advertising, whatever of the culture around today, where yeah. hypnosis is everywhere in TV and everything like that, that they're is. pushing their propaganda or their oh, product, yeah, of course. trying a sneaky yeah. way. 
So, yes. yeah, so hypnosis and mesmerism seem to really walk hand in hand in my perception from what I've, you've yes. told me and what Rick's told me. So I'm going to be delving into that a little deeper in the near future. So may ask you some questions. Yes. I'm learning from you. <laughs> and so that's the sort of thing. But you also run classes yes. of all types. Yes. So let's discuss that a little bit. What is it that you teach? Uh, I, I teach pretty much everything that I do. <laughs> so uh, I teach uh, a Reiki class once a month because, mm -hmm. as you know, what I said on here last time I was on your, your podcast, I had that migraine for nearly 10 years and it disappeared from that. Uh, so from, from owning that healing myself, I was able to heal myself. So I might like to create that opportunity for everybody today class. It's easy. Yeah. So once a month, I put that on. Uh, and then I do a hypnosis class. I used to do it as, as a week intensive. Uh, I've adapted it now. So it's, it's half a year long. And they send me one day a month for a full day of learning. Uh, then they've got... Uh, practice half day in between and some reading and online work to do and then they come back and they can tell me what they've struggled with of what the last yeah. time was so I can give them some extra tools to make sure that works and give them another thing to add on, another layer. So first yeah. day is like basic inductions, second day is working with idiomotor, third day is going into therapy and stuff like that. So I, I teach different layers of it and build it up so it's not overwhelming yes. and that they've got that support over a long time to make sure they've, they've mastered that, mm -hmm. that skill. Uh, occasionally run meditation classes. Uh, I'm starting to build an online one of those now where I keep it fairly basic and easy to use in all the different styles. So that should be out sometime in the next six months. Oh, cool. uh, and... Uh, so I used to just teach hypnosis of, of how to get there. Now I teach the therapy side of, of yes. that as well. Uh, and that's what the, the book was yeah. released after yeah, our last chat. Because I, I would say, you know, from my point of view, teaching how to get someone in hypnosis, for one thing, it's the easiest part. And what's it for besides that? Unless you're going to follow it up with something to help you with. Yeah. Uh, so that's great. And so the different therapies that we address, there's... All types. I mean, we've had many people on from every facet of hypnosis, right? Mm. And they all do it differently. And it's all works. So it's just knowing that. And on that note, we'll just go and see you on the other side. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. Quantum scalar wave lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best, heal itself. Scalar wave lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. Hi. This is Inez Simpson. Thanks for listening to the show, Hypnosis Everywhere. If this is the first time listening, well, 
We have a whole treasure trove of shows archived here and on Voice America page and in Hypnosis Everywhere website, all free for you to listen to anytime. The first year's broadcast showed the amazing diversity of the talent and the skills of those people who make up our fascinating hypnosis community. This season, Hypnosis Everywhere, the next level, will delve deep into where modern hypnosis is now taking us, the new discoveries and adventures as we explore this infinite mind of ours. And we explore Simpson Protocol Hypnosis that is taking us higher and deeper than ever before. We'll talk about the astounding insights that show us how our mind can shape and change our lives for the better. So come join us on Hypnosis Everywhere, amazing people who are on amazing adventures in this world of hypnosis. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol. To reach the show today, send an email to Inez, that's I-N-E-S, at InezSimpson.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Hypnosis Everywhere, and I'm here with Lance Baker, and we're talking mesmerism, energy, and hypnosis. So I was just going to ask him a a little question that I don't want any particulars because we don't talk about our clients. But uh, just in general, um, just the way it worked together for you and how it works sometimes better or whatever. I'm not sure what I want. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, like I said, I I project that through sessions quite often. Uh, I had one recently where I'd done some hypnosis work with her, I'd done some swan work with her, and she came to me because it was actually a, a... cult deprogramming thing. She had a lot of mm-hmm. abuse within a cult when she was younger and I was helping free that. And she wanted to, she was suicidal and had the inability to go out and do things on her own and feel safe and comfortable. Just to like go to a coffee mm-hmm. shop on her own was, was yeah. impossible. And, uh, and so I'd done a few sessions with those things and I got rid of the suicidal tendencies mm-hmm. vastly on the first one and then slowly more so each one afterwards that she was able to, to at least accept herself. But then the last one, uh, she wanted to try the energy for a different uh, thing to help just give her a reset. Uh, and so we did that. And I did, I did a mixture. It's, it's something I've been, uh, been working on for a couple of years now. I've got a process that mixes uh, acupuncture sort of base things, the meridian mm-hmm. system, but no needles. Uh, no. <laughs> so just using their, their base principle of, of the meridian system and elements of, of Reiki-like things mm-hmm. and elements of, of mesmerism. It's really, and, stir, you stirred the pot of all your knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So I've mixed all these energetic things together uh, and been doing different things. And I'd come up with this process that I thought would work well for a full clear reset. And I'd only done it individually before. I hadn't done the whole process from start to finish. And so I said, well, if you're happy, I can experiment with this. And I did that for her. Uh, now, she'd had energy healing before. And sometimes when people get a clear and a reset, they get uh, a shake, a flicker, a twitch. Uh, and sometimes they're just small, like an idiomotor sort of response. But usually it's like the whole hand will move or the whole foot or something like that. And I have that happen quite often. It's usually a great sign that there's a shift. 
this this lady she never used to have those very often she did a little with this process she was having quite a few uh so i was, I was knowing it was, it was working and getting some great results and so i i balanced her whole system up using these different techniques that we've got and then two days later i get a message offer uh she left feeling great but two days later i get a message off saying i i feel amazing and you'll never guess where i'm sending this message from I'm in a cafe by myself. Right. So I'd used, I'd used all the hypnotic tools that I had and, and I got, I got three quarters of the way there yeah. and I couldn't oh, get that last quarter. Uh, and, and I was struggling to work out well, what, what words are going to make that click. She was comfortable try energy again for the last session. So we did that and that thinking outside the box of, of a different tool, yeah. a different modality helped make it work and yeah. I don't think it would have mattered what what word I said I don't think I would have got that shift I think it was an an unsaid thing uh yeah. like how like sometimes with with SP you mm-hmm. can you can go through something and and you get a knowing of somebody there's no way you can put a word to, to it and that's that's what happened with this and uh in the session you gave me of, of SP earlier today same thing I there was not much I could put a word to but there was a hell of a lot going on energetically and it was a little bit more than what I usually get energetically off, off hypnosis if I don't have somebody that understands energy well working specifically on that with me as they go. So energy is always there in hypnosis and I think it's got a huge part to do with it. So sometimes working with that with hypnosis and sometimes working just on energy I think has, has huge powers and I'd really recommend anybody who's who's either practicing hypnosis or studying hypnosis to look into to all the other things they can do. Uh, even if they're not comfortable with mesmerism or something like to try, try a different kind of energy thing or yeah. something else external, the more different tools you can get, I think is much more powerful than the more different scripts you can get or the different protocols you yeah. can get. I would say the same thing, I would say, but uh, from my perspective, if, if you're an energy healer and you want to add, I've had a lot of students take SP for me because they wanted to add to their skills of moving energy and doing all that. So the two go hand in hand very well. And some of the similarities, and we're talking about that SP session that I did with you, uh, even if I don't have the knowledge of hypnosis, I mean, of, of the energy so well, your mind has it, and what I did was get your higher mind to do whatever. Yeah, that that's makes total it. sense. You were so talking that, to the higher self, and that's yeah, what it was that's working right. with. So it was using the tools that he already had hmm. and is accessing. Now, for me, from my point of view, when I do SP, it, it's taking my judgment out of it. So it's doing whatever he is. And just for him telling me that, I think it's great. And then it was really was doing what it needed to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other ways with energy of, of how I've noticed it, it plays in with hypnosis as um, just from feedback of, of clients of, of what they get. So me, I always feel how energy is working in my body. And, and when I swan, I, I do feel a bit of an aura around my hand. And I thought, well, that's just myself. Let's just explain for those who, people who don't know what a swan is, at least a general explanation of what the swan is. The, the swan is, is like hypnosis, but not so <laughs> that, there you go you've been there talking we go. <laughs> uh, they, they put their hand up like this if well, you, you're watching you. if sure. you're just I'll on the radio you've got your your arm resting on your elbow with your hand sitting flat so it's pretty much at a 90 degree angle it it, it looks, looks like, like a swan 
uh, and the hypnotist or the swan practitioner talks to the hand, but they're talking to a different part of the, the consciousness of, of that person, different part of their their mind, and, and asking it to do things, to, to turn the hand around, to say hello, to turn it back, to show them yes or no or maybe and I don't know. Mm. And then they have that conversation. Uh, and so an aura, for those that don't know what that is, that other word that I use that probably sounds a bit strange to some of your audience, is, is the energy that flows around the body. So normally the, the main layer of the aura sits about uh, a centimetre, yeah. which... Yeah, sometimes uh, it even... Yeah, and then from, from there you go out to, to about three to six centimetres and then about a foot out and keeps getting further and further out the, the more you go out. Uh, and so that basic layer of the aura people feel grow considerably around their, their hand. And I've had a lot of people who don't even understand energy say I, it was like there was a bubble around my hand of, of pushing and pulling and they could feel stuff outside of the hand around it. Uh, and so I, my view, uh, and this is just, just my view, it's, as far as I know, Bob does not, I'm not sure if we had a conversation about this with Bob. If I did, I had too many drinks at the same time and I don't remember it. He's, he's a brilliant influence on me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, as, as you talk to the different part of the consciousness, I think that energy that's normally in their head comes down and around the hand to move that, that hand and have that conversation because I'm, I'm so intently focused, like I said, with that, the being my eyes and of, of the intention. If I'm doing hypnosis, I'm going to be, be looking at your head or your solar plexus to project. Whereas with this, I'm looking at the hand. And so it's like the consciousness moves into that to, to accept it and communicate to me. And it's, yeah. um, it's just an, an interesting thing. I, I, I want to, I'd, I'd like to have a clarion camera to take a photo of it to, to see what that looks yeah, like. That would but, be fun. Uh, I don't have one of those, so no, no. we'll see. Somebody got one? Send it to me. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's, like, well, it's very interesting because, I mean, I've had a Corellian photography done on, you know, my aura, but it's all in that one moment. And so people say, oh, it's so interesting, it's so interesting. I said, yeah, but it's, it's one moment. Change so it's right. one moment. And, but it would be interesting to see that moment mm. in the swan when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. We like to play with things. Yes. Uh, we like toys too. We like toys, you know, put someone on the EEG, all that stuff. You know, it, it, it doesn't make any difference to the outcomes of hypnosis and it doesn't do anything any different to any of those things. It just feeds our conscious mind. Yes. Yes. That's it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need for a, a set thing. No, no, no. And but sometimes those little things actually help the other person, the client's conscious mind, say, or be more accepting of what it is. Yeah. So it really makes absolutely no never minds, but the conscious will become a little more at peace or a little more relaxed with it or something. Yeah. So. So anybody doing those things, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. There's no wrong way to do this. There's only ways and different. So the modalities, let's talk about the difference between modalities for a moment and techniques. Yeah. Yeah. So from my, I'm going to say a little bit from my point of view, and then I'm going to let you see if you agree with me or if you want to expand it. So many, we all have different toolboxes, and we all have different size toolboxes as hypnotists. And... Sometimes we have wholly different styles of work, like, like you do. So there's a lot of modalities in your toolbox. Yes. 
So if you only have techniques and using one modality, it's not that it's wrong. But the more you put in it, the more you expand the toolbox to different modalities, more so than just techniques. Yeah, that's uh, well, an easy example of it is if you've got a carpenter yeah. and he's got a hammer, he can have... 10 different kinds of hammers. Mm-hmm. Or he can have hammer, a finishing hammer. Yeah. <laughs> or you can also have some saws yes. and things like that. If a lot of hypnotists just have 10 different hammers on their belt, and so all they can do is hammer nails. They can't cut yes. the wood and shape it or sand mm-hmm. it or whatever because they've just got one kind of yes. tool and different types of it. So a different modality, yes, steps you into a completely different realm of something else you can do. And my my view is, yes, if, if you've got one, don't just tweak that. Add something different to it so you can just step around, take a different angle completely, and then have a go. And once you've got a couple of those, then you can fine-tune and add to, mm-hmm. to the ones you've got of getting a, a better approach with hypnosis of it, of it going to a different school or a different teacher of somebody else. Yeah, I mean, there's many times you take a course and you only take certain parts of it. Then there's some courses you'll take the most parts of it. So none of them are wrong. They're only suiting you yeah. and how they suit you. So each person will take the training differently. Very much so. Mm-hmm. I, I try and help people to integrate what else they they know and what they've got so they can make the most mm-hmm. out of it, find their own unique self, uh, because there can only be one, and there's Simpson. And I, as you know, you've got your SP out there, and you've been training other people to deliver it, mm-hmm. and you've got people like Steam doing it mm-hmm. in, in Germany that's doing a different approach. They've got slightly different things well, they're starting to bring to it now. We're all slightly different energies. We're all slightly different. Now, Gina says that it's just... We, we, I've given them, um, what do you call it, the framework, the framework or the canvas, yeah. and they get to paint on it huh. with the modality. Yeah. So, and you know, actually, when you train people to do stuff, you actually want them to surpass you eventually. Yeah. So, you know, you need to be sort of low on the ego if you can. Yes. Because that is what teachers are supposed to be doing. They're teaching you, and you take that modality and whatever, and you move forward. And in SP, that's happened a lot because we have about, I don't know, seven or eight trainers, and everybody's adding more to it, right? So that's – and with mesmerism, there are not as many practitioners for sure. No. No, it's it's starting to become a a lost art, but it's starting to make it a little bit – more of a resurgence. There's more yeah. people interested in it now. Yeah, uh, because I think he was given, as Rick said, a bad, um, a bad deal. He was, yes. Uh, he he was he was made to to yeah. go away. The the government wanted him to to go, and uh, and they they did two uh, things to try and get him going. They're like, no, well, his process works, uh, and so they they had to do a third one, and they had to use some some bribery sort of things to, to make that work. Uh, yeah. that, like that never happens in real life. No. In today's world. <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately, yeah. Yes, because it's, it's unseen. Uh, people didn't like that he was using an invisible yeah. fluid, invisible yeah. energy, an invisible thing 
I couldn't and see Nowadays, it. we have electricity that's invisible. Yeah. And that's okay now. It's yeah. Like, My phone has no wires. Yeah, Wi-Fi, yes. I mean, and just to think about that, you know, people look at them, they say, well, that's baloney, that's all. But look at today. Yeah, we've got more than enough things out so, there that says there's something unseen yeah, around us. Lots uh, of unseen people, things. Some people notice that difference with 4G or 5G mm -hmm. of how it affects yeah. their body or Wi-Fi that they, they get a bit wonky when they're around it. Uh, so that says that there are things there that affect us. So ultimately, I really want to thank you for being here today because besides which I've gotten to be pretty good friends with you. But it's also great to have your knowledge and how you do things. Because from my perspective as an SP practitioner, I like to bring in all kinds of elements. And talking to you, I've just had quite a few ideas. Fantastic. It's great that I've been able to give back to somebody who I see as a mentor. So. <laughs> so, anyway, I'd like to tell, to tell you that we'll be back next week. I'm not sure who will be joining us yet, but please join us on Hypnosis Everywhere. And remember, there's a, a page that will have all information that Lance has, because he teaches everywhere in Australia, Tasmania, and it's all over the place. And, you know, so we can keep current give you his information and it's all accessible there okay thank you so much and we'll thank see you. you next time thank you for being a part of the show today be sure to tune in next wednesday at 2 p.m eastern time and 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america health and wellness channel for another edition of hypnosis everywhere the simpson protocol with host inez simpson we can't wait to have you join us again next week.